Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, guys? It's Ty Young. Check me out on the Behind the Mask podcast. We bring it to real so you don't want to miss it. What's up? What's happening? Man, on this edition of the Behind the Mask podcast, we sit down with WNBA star Ty Young. We talk about her time in the league. All right. What she's doing now since she's retired, last but not least, everybody knows she has a nice shoe game collection. We got to go behind the mask and see what she's wearing today. That's right. And before we get into the episode, make sure you subscribe. Follow us on social media at the BTM podcast. Like, comment, share, tell a friend of tell a friend. Click the bell for notifications. Bing. Of course, we drop episodes every Tuesday for your viewing and listening pleasure. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast content and you can see these beautiful faces across YouTube. And remember, on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's go. Let's go behind the mask. Two we back for another episode, man, of this Behind the Mask podcast. And this next guest, she really needs no introduction, but I'm going to take the pleasure to do it myself because I remember... Specifically back in 08, I was excited to be here in Atlanta yeah. and to hear, man, we got a WNBA team coming in this jump. Anyway, let me get right to it, man. She was the first pick of the Atlanta dream that the start of everything in the 08 draft. Guess what pick she went? Number eight. Okay. I And then also, this is probably one of the most impressive things that I've seen on the bio one of just 31 players in the WNBA history to log in at least 2,600 points, mm. 1,400 rebounds, mm. 500 assists, mm. and 300 steals. <laughs> Man, y'all give it up for the queen. Ty, yeah. <sighs> What hey, up, Ty? Yo, that was, was probably one of the best introductions I've ever had. <laughs> Let's run it back, right? Let's run it back. Let's, <laughs> the best. Let's make it the best. <laughs> the best. No doubt. What's you good? Know? What's good? How you doing? I'm good. You know, it's it's great to be here. Uh, great vibes, great energy. I'm loving Price. Price. it. So, we appreciate you coming out. For sure. I appreciate y'all having me. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, shoot. We're going to jump into it. Let's jump right into it then, right, bro. We got this segment called this or that. We're going to ask you a few questions. You got to give us one or the other. You got to give us this or that. Now, we know that your style is impeccable. Your fashion is iconic. <laughs> oh, impeccable. Iconic. You are a queen sneakerhead. So, when we go on talking about sneakers, there's some that are iconic also in our era. So, we're going with the Iversons, the Answers, or those Jordan 11s. The Jordan 11. Concord has been my all-time favorite sneaker. Mm-hmm. I can't front. Um, so I have to go with the 11. And then, didn't you? you this is a little backstory to them Jordan 11s too, though. They are. What's the backstory? So the cool grades, when they came out, I was in high school. They had like a re-drop. Um, and it was during a time where I was in school. It was like 12, like noon. Mm. And so I had to fake sick so I could get <laughs> out of school. <laughs> but then... Luckily, my dad picked me up and not my mom because my mom is strict. Like, if you sick, we not going nowhere. Oh, my I dad picked me up. This ain't no vacation. Dad, can't right. <laughs> dad, can we go by the mall? They got these Jordans coming out. Please, I need them. And daddy was a sucker for me. Daddy's girl. So we went and copped them J's. So you cut school to cop some J's? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> Did you, did you wear them the next time you went back to did school? Did I? I wore them the next day. I was good now. 
She just needed some some J's for the help. Exactly. Right. I'm right. good now. New FanDuel Fantasy Players, your day is about to get 20% better. Start playing fantasy this football season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit, up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit. What are you waiting on? The reason why I love FanDuel so much, I get an opportunity to set my lineups every game day. I can also play private contests with my personal friends. And you have many different formats, main slate, single game, best ball, and also a snake draft. And there's an awesome slate of games coming up for the NFL opening week. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash BTM to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash BTM. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right. So greatest of all time. We we got to go here. Jordan or Kobe? Jordan. Mm. Jordan. Kobe learned from Jordan. Right. That doesn't mean that he can't be surpassed, though. Nah, he he wasn't surpassed. He wasn't surpassed. Jordan is the GOAT. Even just going with the rings, you got to say that's what it is. It ain't even about the rings for me because there are a lot of great players that don't have rings. So, you know, when people try to make that an issue, like, oh, well, this person has this amount of rings, this person. I'm like, that means you had a great team to get a ring. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't stop you from being a great player. Um, but yeah, Jordan's the GOAT for me. Facts, facts. Well, we're going with some other iconic players on the WNBA side. Okay. Cheryl Swoops or Tamika Cashins? That's a good one. Um, that's a good one. I have to give it to Swoops. They started, you know what I'm saying? Like, I always pay homage to the OGs. Mm-hmm. Cheryl was, you know, one of the best. Um, and Catchins, I respect because me and Catchins, we played in the same yeah, era. Same era. And she's a player that always gave it 100% on both ends of the court. And I always respected her for that. But I'm going to have to go with the OG, Cheryl. I can appreciate that. I, I, I really can appreciate that, especially just watching her play over the years going back to the late 90s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so I, I got, I'll be paying attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, so it. you just recently retired. And we appreciate you coming on because this gives us an opportunity to give you your flowers while you still can smell them and appreciate. So, Thank but you. if there was one time or one team that you had, if you had to lace them up one more time, and if you had unfinished business, what team would you lace them up with to, to go back and play Atlanta Dream of the Las Vegas Aces? Um, to take care of that unfinished business. Now it would probably be the Las Vegas Aces just because that was the last team I played for and I felt there was a, you know, unfinished business there because when I went there, you know, we talked about a three-year process to a championship. I played two seasons there, so I never really got that third year opportunity. So I would have to say Las Vegas. That's dope. So how was Vegas, man? I mean, like, like, these are two iconic cities. When we play, we always Spikes ain't playing no good cities. It may be San Diego, but Vegas and Atlanta, those are two socially popping cities. Definitely. How was Vegas? Vegas was dope. Um, 
I don't gamble, so yeah, I was, you know, good in that aspect. I didn't have any issues there, but I do love to shop. They have great shopping. The weather, I love the sun, the hot weather. And it's also a location that people always travel to visit. Yeah. So I always have friends, our family coming into town to, you know, hang out, watch games, um, go to Dreas. You got different yeah. uh, performers coming to perform. So, you know, it was dope. It was a lot of things to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they say Vegas don't sleep, but you exactly. definitely have to be disciplined to, yeah, to live know. and play in Vegas for sure. I already know. <laughs> so the rookie year with the Atlanta Dream, you get to the WNBA. And um, did you have that moment as a rookie like, damn, I'm here, or did somebody give you the business? you like, this is the real deal, big time ball right now. Definitely. So um, when I first, well, I remember one of my games, um, we played Diana. Tarasi. And so, yeah, you know, you know, Tarasi, yeah. one of the best, Heavy. if not the best right Maybe, now. Yeah. Um, she like gave me an elbow. And Tarasi known to do little dirty plays, <laughs> especially with me being a rookie, I'm guarding her. She gave me an elbow and I had to check it like, yo, I'm a rookie, but I ain't no punk. Exactly. So I had to, you know, bump her back. Like, you're not about to just punk me out here. So that was one of the one of the games that I remember vividly. And, you know, she always showed respect to me because I never backed down. Like, mm-hmm. just because of who you are or whatever, like, I'm not scared and I'm going to stand up to it. So definitely wanted that game. That's dope because they gave, <laughs> they gave Spice elbows his rookie year. He ain't do none of that. He <laughs> no. They, really? No, let me tell you what they <laughs> They made me go get donuts. Even like I had, I was late. Like the offensive lineman, they was like, "Look, you got to bring donuts in every Friday." So I came in Friday is the way in. Mm-hmm. Once you make that way in, the big yeah, boy, yeah, he yeah, know yeah. him, <laughs> plus size model. <laughs> but you know, once they once they get the way in, they want the donuts. I forgot to bring them because I was late. I wasn't about to be fined fifteen hundred dollars a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have them. They made me go back. I missed the meeting. Was fine five grand for the meeting. Dang. See, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, Plus size model, you talking all of that over there. They did you dirty. They did me real dirty. Yeah. So when, when you look at going back your rookie year, it was with the dream. Um, and you talked about that WNBA moment. When you look at your career over a 12-year span, do you feel like your time that you served was truly appreciated? And the reason why I ask this is because from one athlete to another, uh, we talked about it earlier. People want to measure the status of an athlete by championship rings mm-hmm. when we all know it takes a team to be able to build that. Mm-hmm. And to see the imprint that you left, being the first pick of a franchise starting out going back to 2008, do you feel like your time was truly appreciated, that the fans really got what you really brought to the table while you were playing? Most definitely. Um, I feel like throughout even my whole career, um, the fans always showed me so much love. It was like I wasn't the star on the team, but I was still a fan favorite. I showed them love back, and I think that's what they respected most about me, not just from playing hard, but just you know showing love. Um, and that's just something I always prided myself in. And then even after you know I announced my retirement, because it was a dull moment, you know, where I didn't play in the bubble last year. I didn't know how the response would be, but they showed so much love, so much support. You know, like it was amazing to see the impact that I had on the fans for sure. How was that experience of, of just the pressure of not playing in the bubble? We still somewhat are in the midst of a pandemic. And so, like, how was that mentally for you going through that? 
Um, it was tough. It was very tough because in my mind, I was going back to Vegas. Um, they repeatedly said they were sending me a contract and then they didn't. And so when they gave me a call and was like, hey, calling, sorry to let you know we don't have a spot for you. I was blown away. Like, like, what do you mean? Last we talked, you were sending a contract. So I went in a, you know, I was depressed for a little bit um, because it was so abruptly, you know, mm. um, after expecting to play back there. And when that happened, you know, I didn't do nothing for weeks. I'm like, forget it. And then, you know, talking to my family and my support system, they're like, no, get back in the gym. So I grind, I worked for that whole, through that whole pandemic. And then when I picked up the contract with um, Seattle, I went there, you know, worked out with the team, played an exhibition game. And after playing in the game, I'm like, I still got it. You know, like this is this is something different. It's not about my talent or my skill level. This is something different. And so when they waved me, I was at peace because I knew that I still had it. But I put it all in God's hands and I said, you know, this my time is up in this chapter. You know, God has something else planned for me and I was at peace with it. And so after that, that's what made me come to the decision. Like, I'm not going to wait around. I'm not going to be at a place where I'm waiting for someone to get hurt. I'll wait for the team to call me. Like God showed me what it was and I'm cool. And that's what made me announce my retirement. Much respect. Yeah, definitely. And you know, what's so incredible about that. <clears throat> we, we hear it all the time with, with NFL players, but we go through the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know when your last game is, but some people may have a feeling, but then you still mentally and physically, you're like, I can still get out there and, mm-hmm. and do this, you know, but the odds may not be in your favor for that particular time, but you're still part of that 1% that made it. Right. So again, salute to you from hearing that from someone in the WNBA that goes through the same thing. I guess across the board, right. athletes all deal with that. You know what I'm saying? From from a young end, we we aspire to to be great at something and we're still playing a kid's game mm-hmm. and get paid handsomely for it in our 20s. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yo, salute, salute for that. But um, one thing I will say that I admire... I talked about it earlier, the style, swag, <laughs> the fashion, the jewelry, the tattoos. Impeccable. Impeccable. <laughs> Thank you. In the WNBA. Reminds me of somebody else that played in the NBA. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you heard it. AI was doing this, you know. With such a, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the cultural icon. So what do you think about that when you feel that, uh, when you hear that comparison, and then how does it make you feel knowing that you had a lot to do with changing the culture of the WNBA? Um, It means a lot, you know, especially as for me growing up, you know, watching AI being one of the, the, uh, the goats of that, especially he always was himself. And that's one thing I prided myself in is being myself. Uh, I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna do my job, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna be myself. You either like it or you don't. And that's kind of how AI was. But it's funny because it started when I started getting like these crazy braid designs in Chicago. <laughs> People are like, yo, like you remind me of Iverson, you know, from the braids. And like you said, the tattoos and the swag. And, you know, I see kids now that's in the league, like watching them through Instagram. You see them just change their whole style up. Mm-hmm. They go from extra girly to, oh, I'm, I'm getting a little comfortable. I'm going to wear a little tomboyish. And they try to go back and then they just full blown. Like, I'm just going to wear what makes me comfortable. And it's like, it's dope to see that people are being able to be comfortable with who they are. And I respect it. And, and you know, how hard is that? You know, I have a daughter. She's 18 years old. And she's a, just finished her first year in freshman at, at college. So I see that and I see the friends. But 
like how hard is it to become comfortable with yourself at such a young age like that? It's definitely hard. Um, you have to be, you know, confident in yourself to be able to be comfortable with what you, who you want to be and how you want to present yourself. Um, and I think just from the love and the support that I always got from my family, um, especially my mother, it made me comfortable, you know, at a younger age to grow and to just be myself. But it's harder for kids that's in school. You know, you got other kids that have opinions. They pick on you. They have something to say. But I feel a person could tell when someone is confident in themselves. And the more confidence you have in yourself, the less criticism people will bring or can bring to you because they know it's not going to phase you. Mm-hmm. So you dropping the mic and we ain't even have done the episode yet. <laughs> major, major, definitely, man. Y'all, y'all, listen, yes, most deaf. But um, we got to talk about it also. Sneak ahead. Most people have a shelf, a sneaker shelf or a shoe shelf. <laughs> can we say a shoe shelf in their closet? Good job. Right, two right, times. Right, shoe shelf. Try to say that three times fast. Shoe shelf, shoe shelf. Shoe shelf, shoe shelf. But you got a whole sneaker room in your crib. Yeah. What was that about? So I've always loved sneakers um, since a younger. Uh, my parents couldn't afford it. So it was to the point where I would get some sneakers, I would clean them, and then return them to the store just so I can get a new pair to switch it out. Every day Killing the system. I'm buying they shoe cleaning that they sell. I'm spraying, scrubbing, scrubbing the sole. Yeah, you know, this 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 size don't work. I need to return it and get another pair. Shout out to all the sneaker stores that took my shoes back. <laughs> but so it started at a young age. And then as I got older and was able to afford to buy sneakers, I just started collecting. And next thing you know, like it started with maybe like 100. And then now I got like a full shoe room. And each year I still go through and get rid of kicks because like I'm not a hoarder. I don't want to put shoe, have a bunch of shoes and storage and everything. So I get rid of kicks, you know, too, to make room for the new ones. Did you hear just say it started with 100? It started with 100, though. What? Slight flex real quick? Nah, it's just, I'm just saying I'm a sneakerhead. All right, so since you that sneakerhead, and I've been checking out the shoes. Like, what are you wearing today? What are you sporting today? So this is a collab, uh, Reebok and Unknown. It's a sneaker boutique in Miami. Um, they like customized, like dyed and only made like a certain amount of pairs. And so I looked up on a pair. Those are dope. Thank like you. for real. So they made a blue pair and they made a green pair. I didn't hit on the green pair, but I hit on these. So I had well, to bring them out. Well, I'll tell you what though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. Like I really couldn't get sneakers younger. One, because we really couldn't afford sneakers like that growing up with f- three other siblings. Mm-hmm. But then the other part was, yo, I was at, at the age, I, had, I got a big foot. <laughs> what size do you think I wear? 15. 15. At the age you of- You wear 15? Yes. Damn. At the <laughs> age of 13, I wore 15. I remember going in my clo- in my bedroom and I closed the door. I was like, this is really before the internet came out. Like, you're telling my age right now. Back in the mid-90s. I was like, God, please don't let my foot get any bigger <laughs> because I won't be able to find any shoes. Moms used to buy me those big, the yeah, Cortez. Oh, yeah. The same oh, one for, for, for the beginning of school and that Christmas, too. So I feel your pain somewhat when it comes to shoes. 
I, I got a nice little collection too. I had to kind of keep them in storage. Yeah. But maybe one day we'll have to compare the collections with each other. Let's do it. Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good foundation. You know what I'm talking about? But no, nah, but um, um, it's rare to see like athletes sign shoe deals after the career is over. And I really think it, it, it speaks as a testament to what you put into the game, what you bring to society, the cultural influence. Like you just signed a, a shoe deal. Right. I, I think that's huge. Tell us a little bit more about that. So and how did it come into fruition? I was at a Lakers game and uh, Reebok rep Allen, AB, he reached out and was like, yo, I never see you in Reeboks. Like, what's up? I was like, I got a couple pairs. Um, he said, well, you know, if I send you some, would you rock them? I'm like, sure. So he started sending me some um, and I would rock them. I would show them love, you know, just off the strength. Like, y'all, y'all show me love. I'm going to show you love back. And it just led to them, you know, constantly sending me pairs and I was showing the love back. And then he was like, you know, what if we um, try to do a shoe deal with you? And I'm like, you know, I'm all for it. Send over a contract because I've had people before, you know, talk about doing a shoe deal yeah. and never sent the contract. Uh-huh. So he's like, I'm going to work on it. And then the beginning of the end of December, you know, he said they were working on it. And I'm like, OK, you know, when something when someone tells you something for me, it's, it was supposed to happen before with other people, so I don't believe until I actually see it. So then in January, nice. they sent the contract, and I said, oh, they're serious. <laughs> and so we negotiated, we talked about it, and then I ended up signing. So is that, is that part of the collection right now, what you're wearing? Reebok, yeah, Reebok. I can only wear Reeboks now. Ah, yeah. very dope. Hey, can we get that? Can I want to just show that on the camera, though, so we can get that. This is dope. Fly. Fly, fly, and direct. <laughs> Bot game. Can you get this in the fifteen? <laughs> they gone. Oh lord! It was a special, you know, a special. Uh, Thank you, Ty. Collection, man. You're welcome. And that just shows you the evolution of the game, and and like Spike says, your cultural influence. And when you came into the WNBA, a lot of the athletes would play during the season, then go overseas mm-hmm. and play. You know, to earn some extra money, what have you. But now women are starting to get endorsement deals, right? right? Um, do you see that being the new norm with the WNBA? Um, I do, uh, especially with everything that's, you know, going on overseas. The money isn't where it used to be. Um, and people are, you know, growing up, wanting to spend more time with their family, uh, especially for me. I started... I went like five years straight and then I started taking time off because you're missing out from your family. You're playing four to five months in the summer and then you're overseas for seven to eight months. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes a toll on your body, especially as women. But I feel a lot of women, they love the game, but they don't want to be away from their family for that uh, amount of time. And so if there are avenues that could be touched at home, people are going to do it. And now I see the women are getting more endorsements. They're getting more deals where they could earn money and be at home and spend more time with their family and friends. Now, I, I think that speaks a lot because I want to say last year, the WNBA, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. I know you guys got a new deal mm-hmm. and they kind of amped up everything to make it more enticing and to make it make sense the to CBA. keep the women, the CBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, congrats on that, on that deal being extended. Uh, one of the things that I really want to bring up is a lot of people don't know this. I remember at the end of last year, 
uh, you do a lot of stuff for charity. Mm -hmm. And the thing, what I loved about it and remember about it is it fits within your passion with the shoes. 4.2 million kids and young adults experience homelessness. Mm -hmm. Last year, you partnered up with Stand Up for Kids with Reebok Mm -hmm. and uh, to donate a lot of shoes to the homeless. Um, I know where the passion comes from when you talk about the shoe game, Mm -hmm. but how did you come up with the idea to be like, you know what? I think we can make this a perfect combination for a team to be able to do something good and give back. So um, Stand Up for Kids was something that my manager put me on to with the information and, and knowing that we have something here in Atlanta because when we talked to Reebok prior, this was before I even signed with them. Um, they wanted to do like some type of giveaway on my Instagram, um, but it wasn't that as big. Um, they had a, a shoe release coming out. Mm-hmm. And so me and my manager, George, we came up with a way that we could do something even bigger, you know, find uh, somewhere where people are in need to receive shoes. And then that's how we collab with Stand Up For Kids. And then Reebok was willing to, you know, like, yes, like we would love to give back. Um, and then that's how that came about. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Very creative. I just, the gratification that you only can see when you see the trend, the, not the transition, but the exchange, mm-hmm. being able to help somebody out who was in need. I, I wish I would have had that for them 15 shoes, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, but I sure. couldn't get them. <laughs> For sure. We had all t- all sizes, too. I think we had some 15s in that box, too. Rub See, it in. Why don't <laughs> rub it in. Just rub it in. Yeah, you definitely support your community. Um, what are the things our, our audience may not know? You actually went to the same high school as the GOAT, as Michael Joy. Yes. Not only that, your jersey is hanging up in the banners yes. next to the GOAT, yes. next to Michael Joy. And what is that feeling like knowing that, you know what, I had this impact on my community at that young age and I'm being And don't be coy. Don't be coy. Because I need for you to take us behind the mask and you give it to us right now. Because I want to hear this story. I'm here for it. So, you know, you don't really think about something until it actually happens. You know, like they tell you like, hey, we're bringing you back, Hall of Fame, retiring your jersey. But then to actually see it, you know, like the whole world knows of Michael Jordan. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole world doesn't know about Ty Young, but my jersey is beside the GOAT. So, you know, that speaks volume to the work that I put in as well, especially as a female coming from the area that I came from and that school. And so even when I go back now, you know, everyone talks about, oh, Michael Jordan High School, da 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 It's Ty Young High School too. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like our jerseys are up there together. And so... It's a super dope feeling because, like I said, everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. And so it's now it's like, oh, well, where are you from? You know, where do you go? Oh, me and Michael Jordan, we went to the same high school. And they're like, oh, cool. You know what I'm saying? It, it just it just makes a big difference. But for me to be that person who has my jersey up there with him and can say that, it, it's a great feeling. That's equity in the game. And you got to rem- remind everybody. Facts. <laughs> super facts. <laughs> so no. what, would you, what would you tell these the younger generation coming up right that may have aspirations of getting to the WNBA that want to say I'm the individual this is the individual I am Mm -hmm. and and I'm unapologetic about it what would you tell those young women out there that aspire to be a Thai young you know I would tell them to definitely be yourself but it's also a way that you carry yourself you can't just be this 
person with a bad attitude, you know, um, people can't come to you, talk to you and say like, I'm just being me. It's a, it's a matter how you carry yourself as well. Um, you have to put the work in, uh, like I said, like I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be respectful of others. I'm going to do my job. And at the same point time, I'm going to be myself. And that's one of the biggest things I think people don't understand when it comes to being yourself, you still have to be respectful. You still can't just be out here treating people any type of way and being like, well, that's just me. Take it Mm -hmm. or leave it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel that's one of the biggest aspects of it and the respect that I get back because in the midst of me being myself, I'm still respectful. I'm still giving to others. I'm still, you know, a good person at the end of the day. Well, Ty, I listen, we, I, we appreciate the time. I appreciate the stories reminding everybody the equity that you put in in Wilmington. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate the time you come and sharing your stories on the Behind the Mask podcast. I appreciate being here on the Behind the Mask podcast <laughs> with you guys. If you can't get Spikes No 15, I need some of the clothing line. I see you rocking the forever. Young you know what I'm saying? I got, you know, this yeah. mic line. I got a little something for y'all. I got y'all. I, I, I like the y'all. loyalty, though. Yeah. The loyalty Big on loyalty. Yeah, I, got, I like that. Yeah, I got something for a plus size model? Yeah, definitely. Let's get it. You want to be a... You want to be a plus size model or are you just a regular model? I'm the regular model. Yeah, okay. I got Somebody got to fit. Check it that one off. I got you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.